Hey everybody, welcome to Universal Man, where we turn your flight into fight so that you can master yourself and conquer your goals. My name is Mark Weppet, and I am here to help you sharpen your masculine edge so that you can cut through the resistance that's holding you back from living on the front lines of life and being a man that you admire. I am here today with another episode of the Sexual Self Mastery series, and we are going to be continuing our trend inward into the depths of our being, and we're going to be looking at the role of your sexual identity and how connecting and consciously integrating your sexual identity is an absolutely critical piece to the process of developing sexual self-mastery. So far in this series, we've talked about the critical role that rationality plays, but rationality alone is rarely enough for most guys to really engage in a significant transformation in the way they show up sexually, all right? And in order to do that, you got to take things one step deeper than the rational level. And this is the level of identity. When you can quit porn or you quit some other kind of unsavory sexual activity from a place of identity, you pretty much quit it for good, okay? And this topic may not be for all of you. If you just started this journey, I don't know, this may be too deep for you. You may be better off checking out some of the other videos. But for those of you who've kind of hit a wall in your reboot or you know, just your personal transformation, this might be exactly what you need to take your process to the next level. Most guys struggle to quit porn because they aren't building the right habits to replace porn. If you want to learn the simple habit replacement system I've used to help thousands of men quit porn and develop self-mastery, then click the link in the description below and download my free Reboot Regimen Guide. So let's start this conversation off by looking at why we need to take this process to the layer of identity and you know why we can't just keep operating on the rational level. I mean, we've talked about it a lot. It's like, all right, we get these emotional cravings. They're irrational. We just got to act rationally, right? Well, there's a problem here. And the problem is the equation in the moment that kind of plays out, all right? So if in the moment your emotional mind it projects a bunch of status onto some sort of activity. You know, we covered this in the last video, but it basically says, hey, this activity is really valuable, whether it's watching porn or, you know, staring at an attractive person or whatever. Your, your emotional mind saying, hey, really good stuff over here. Let's point our attention that way. Rationally, you know, you know it's not. You know it's not useful for you to, to go that way and to, to act on that. And so you tell yourself the truth, right? You practice this self-talk we've been talking about. You tell yourself, no, man, sorry, that's actually not valuable and we're totally fine without it and, and that sort of thing. Now, this can get you a lot of success, but at a certain point, you might hit a wall. And the reason for this is because the gain, the rational gain, is always in the future, you know, in this kind of stuff. With delayed gratification, there is a loss that you have to feel. And sometimes the sensation of that loss in the moment can just become incredibly profound and extremely difficult to continuously face, especially when that gain in the future can seem abstract or far away. And I'm not saying that this can't be done. Of course, you can make decisions from this place. But I know for me, and I know for a lot of other guys, it just like wasn't enough to really make a permanent change. It was enough to maybe make, you know, consistent temporary changes, but I would always revert back. I would never quite completely break through that plateau and, you know, arrive at the next level of operation. And I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that if you're just operating on a rational level, well, then what you're pretty much operating on is a conflict. 
It's a conflict of interest. It's your rational mind versus your emotional mind. And there's not enough stability in that dynamic. It's just they're kind of just like bashing off each other. We can make our rational side much more powerful so that it can much more consistently win. But ultimately, it's kind of an unstable concoction no matter how, which way you, you spin it because there's still this rogue emotional element. So I think the solution to this is to unite the rational and the emotional parts of our brain. And what this means is that you got to make a choice where both parties are involved. And I would say that's kind of what choice is. Choice, when you really make a, 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 an authentic choice about something, on one hand, you're going to think about it rationally. But on the other hand, you're going to have to feel about it. You have to feel it out. It's A choice is like your rationality applied to your feelings. And this is a much more powerful sort of thing. Like if you're just stating facts to yourself, that's not quite a choice. But if you're taking your rational facts and then you're applying them to your emotional realities, that ends up being kind of a separate sort of thing. And so the most important kinds of choices that we can make and the most powerful ones are the choices about our identity. Our identity the, the way we define ourselves and who we are, that's kind of the core narrative that so much of our other behavior is built upon. And so if we can make a shift in our identity, if we can get both our emotions and our rationality on board with our identity, the identity aim that we're shooting for, well, that's a united front. That's not a conflict. It's like, all right, well, who do you want to be? So, for example, all right, you know, if I get a craving to watch porn, I could, you know, go through it at a purely rational level and just list all the pros and cons and, you know, do it that way. But, you know, I would say there's room for argument. You can argue any kind of fact or whatever. You know, you can say, oh, well, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe this one time really isn't blah, blah, blah. And just go, you know, the rationalizations come in and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you can polish up your arguments, but it's still essentially an act of argumentation, an act of conflict. But if instead when an urge to watch porn comes up and I respond with, that's just not the kind of man I am. I'm not the kind of guy who does that. There's not really much argument there. <laughs> you know, that's a much more powerful thing. It's a much simpler thing. It's a much cleaner thing. And what's so great about being able to respond in this way is that it offers an immediate win. Where the rational side, the rational argumentation, that just offers a future win. It says, hey, you know, if you continue to act in this way, well, then in the future, we're going to experience a payoff. We're actually going to experience better things. But for now, it sucks, <laughs> right? But if you move from a place of identity, you're winning right then. You're being the person that you want to be. And you can actually feel that. You can feel it inside of yourself. When you decide to move from a place of identity, you kind of feel powerful. You kind of feel like, yeah, that is the kind of man that I am. And it feels good in the moment, even if it's really hard. It's like the harder it is for you to show up as your ideal and you still do it, the more meaningful the action. It's like the suffering itself is like a sacrifice to this ideal that you're pursuing. And, you know, you can feel that tangibly inside of yourself. Now, there are a few challenges in the way of people moving from a place of identity. And so that's what I'm going to do for the rest of this video is I'm going to walk through what those challenges are so that you can more often and more easily uh, move from this place of identity where you can say, no, this is the kind of person I am. And so this is what I do. And use that to overcome wayward emotions that would pull you down and have you show up as someone that you really don't want to be. So the first issue is that a lot of people are simply unconscious of what their ideal is. They just don't think about it, 
right? They just kind of go through their life and they just kind of on autopilot and they do this or they do that or they do whatever. And they don't even think about their ideal. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, there's something probably, there's probably some kind of ideals floating around in their brain, but they don't even know what they are. And so hopefully this will get you started, you know, breaking out of that and start thinking about what kind of person do you want to be? What kind of person do you want to be sexually? And what does that look like, right? And by bringing it into the conscious mind, your ideal, ultimately, it serves as like both a compass to direct you and say, this is what we do, this is what we don't do. But it also serves as a sense of power and motivation. It, it acts as a status aim for the emotional part of your brain. Because your emotional part of the brain, you know, it's plugged in. It's like, oh, I want to be that person. I'm willing to, to fight to earn those points to move closer to that ideal. And, you know, watch the last video on status if you want to understand this a little bit more. But, like, it's very powerful to get your emotional mind plugged in to this kind of ideal. So once you start thinking about, you know, what the ideal you is and what they do and what they don't do and that sort of thing, what the, the next sort of problem that a lot of people run into is that they have a lot of kind of baggage around what's ideal and what's not. Uh, they kind of have what I would call, like, inherited ideals, meaning – you know, our ideals are unconsciously constructed as we move through life, especially, you know, when we're younger, all right? We, the, the ideals of what's good, what's not, it's kind of fed to us. You know, it's, it's taught to us by our parents. It's taught to us by, you know, society. It's taught to us by our experiences and this sort of thing. And sometimes it's not the most useful or accurate picture that's being painted, right? Like sometimes uh, it's actually incredibly inaccurate. So for example, I think a lot of guys, if they grew up in m modern society, they have this idea that they need to be this stud who has sex with all these hot women, you know, and, and you can see this in just the, the regular lexicon of how guys talk. It's like, oh, did you score? It's like, you know, did you move closer to this status ideal of someone who has sex? Did you score some points last night, buddy? <laughs> it's like, all right, like we don't even challenge this, this idea that, you know, is that even a valuable activity? You know, maybe in our hunter-gatherer, you know, ancestor times when reproduction was of primary importance and extremely, you know, not necessarily easy to do and, you know, there's very high mortality and not nearly as many people. Like, yeah, maybe that was a useful ideal to pursue. Maybe that's what kept the human race populating, but that's not the way it works today. First of all, most of us don't even reproduce when we have sex. We're just, you know, using birth control. But beyond that, it doesn't even bring long-term happiness or fulfillment or anything like that. It's just kind of like it feeds this addiction. So if you're not going to be that kind of guy, what kind of guy are you going to be? You need to consciously construct how the ideal you moves through life sexually. And this is something that, you know, might take some thought for you. And I'll probably do future videos about this. I know I've already mentioned it a number of times, but, you know, your beliefs play, you know, a role in this. You know, if you've got a faith and some kind of, you know, you know religion or morality or, or anything like that, that's all going to factor into things. And you don't need to have it all figured out necessarily. You just need to have the parts that are most pertinent to you figured out. So, for example, if you're single, and uh, you're not, you know, in a relationship and you're probably not planning on being in a relationship anytime soon because you're, you're really trying to focus on doing this rebooting process or, or whatever. Then you just need to figure out what kind of guy you are in relation to porn. All right, are, you, are you the kind of guy who watches other people have sex on a screen and rubs your penis while looking at it? Are you that kind of guy? Because that's what it is, right? Let's, let's not mix words here. That's what's happening. Are you that kind of guy? And when you look at the reality of it, um, you may find that, no, you don't want to be that guy. 
just not the kind of guy you want to be. And <laughs> it's powerful to say these words, to, to, to move from that spot, to, to think from that place. And so, you know, start with the places where you can get the clarity and focus on being that person. And often as you become that person, it's going to unlock more experiences and more understanding that will allow you to, to build that clarity of your ideal in the other areas. Like, you know, in terms of relationships, in terms of, you know, your career, in terms of X, Y, and Z. Start with where you've got visibility and expand from there. So once you start doing that, there is another problem that people tend to run into. And this is the issue of pursuing an absolute ideal. Okay. And an absolute ideal is you take, you know, kind of this perfected person and you see how would they behave. And the problem is that often this perfected person is so far away from who you actually are that it's almost completely unhelpful in a lot of ways, right? Uh, like I had this problem a lot with, with Christianity, um, you know, back before I kind of left Christianity and came back to, to it, uh, the whole idea of Jesus was just like, all right, this dude's not a role model for me. It's like, <laughs> it's like what would Jesus do? I don't know. He'd probably do some kind of freaking miracle and like levitate and like change people's hearts and like, you know, connect and like talk literally to God and have God respond. Like maybe that's what Jesus would do, but I don't know how to do any of that. So how was he a, a useful role model for me? <laughs> right. And so I was falling into this trap of comparing myself to an absolute ideal. You know, Jesus would probably be, you know, this, the pinnacle of the perfect person for the Christian, right? But what you want to do, if you want to be more practical about it, is that you need to pursue what I would call a circumstantial ideal. And the circumstantial ideal is when you say, all right, what, what does the person who has the exact same circumstances as me right now do? Okay. So for example, if I'm craving porn, you know, if I'm triggered or something like that, all right? I don't want to be looking at what Jesus would do because he wouldn't even be craving porn, okay? So <laughs> I want to look at what would the best version of me who's also craving porn do, you know, who's also as tired as I am, who's also as stressed as I am, who's also as worried and anxious and has the exact same life problems as I do. What would the best version of him, what actions would he take? That's a kind of ideal that's actually very useful because it's one that you can act out, right? It's one that you can engage with. So you need to make sure that you're constantly using circumstantial ideals to push yourself forward. Now, you want to maintain an abstract ideal for like the big level direction. And often your understanding of that's going to shift and change and, and whatever. But you need to make sure that you keep most focus on the circumstantial ideal, the one that's most immediate to you and your circumstances. So this leads us to the kind of final problem along this identity work, all right? And this, the final problem is the issue of death, <laughs> more or less, all right? If you continue to pursue your circumstantial ideal, you're going to reach a point, well, I think, you know, I've seen this in myself and I've seen this in a lot of other people, you're going to reach this point where it feels like you're at the edge of a cliff, all right? You're at the edge of a cliff, and it's like if you keep going, you're going to fall off the cliff, and you might be destroyed, all right? And it's a weird emotional sort of sensation. And what at the time, I was like, what the heck? Why is this so hard? Why am I, like, freaking out so much? I know rationally that, like, this is where I want to go, and it's fine, but, like, emotionally, it seems terrifying. And I think what's going on there is if you reach this state, it's your emotional mind saying, hey, 
you've really been moving along this way for a while, um, and we're about to delete a whole bunch of old files. <laughs> it's kind of like we're going to delete a whole bunch of old behaviors. We're going to let this whole subset of your activity die. We're going to prune it mentally. And so in order for, you know, we're, we're kind of worried about doing that. And so we need to make sure that you're absolutely certain this is the direction that you want to go. It's kind of like this is the, uh, the, the final uh, authorization. Like if you're trying to delete files on your computer, it's like, you know, you've dug down deep into your history and whatever in your, you know, your hard drive and you're about to like delete it for good. It's like gives you one final message being like, are you sure you want to delete? Press Y if you want to delete and, it's like, and enter your password. That's what's kind of happening when your mind gives you this emotional cliff. And you got to step over it. And it's going to feel like an act of faith because you, you only know what's going to happen. You only, you only can rationally think about what's going to happen. You can't feel it. All you can feel is what you're going to lose. And that's why I think faith actually has a role to play in any kind of recovery and self-development because real changes, when you reach them, they are acts of faith, meaning like you can only rationally know them. You can't emotionally feel them because all you can emotionally feel is everything that you're losing, everything you're missing out so that all that old dysfunctional sexual behavior that you relied on for, you know, your happiness, for your peace, for, you know, your stimulation, you used it to, to satisfy all these different needs. All you can be aware of is that you're not getting that anymore. And so are you going to step over the cliff or not? And if you do, well, guess what happens? A part of you falls a thousand feet, splats on the rocks, and dies. <laughs> uh, but another part of you actually takes a step up. And this is something that happens with every single action where, that you take from a place of identity. Some part of you steps over a cliff and dies, and another part of you steps up and grows. And it's this cycle of micro-death and rebirth that is probably the, the you know, that's the, the cycle of neuroplasticity. That's the cycle of your brain changing and really changing on a deep level. And certain steps are bigger than other ones. And going through the rebooting process, especially if you're going through the hard mode, that's not just a micro death. There's definitely micro deaths in there, but there's like a, a big old drop in there too. That's a little bit more rapid than other paths in life. Um, it was probably the most intense one that I've encountered. I've not encountered a cliff quite that intense um, in any other area. A uh, couple close, but that was a big one. And so you got to welcome that in. You got to recognize that's part of the process. And that's what it means. If I want to be that person, well, I got to not be another person. And that's a death, right? And if you can lean into this process, then I think you can become whoever it is that you're meant to be. You can become that, even that absolute ideal. I think you can pursue that and you know, you can get pretty darn close. I think the limits on human development, they've rarely been even touched for the majority of us. I think many of us, we just, uh, we're not willing to step over that cliff. But if you do it, I can promise you will be transformed. So hopefully you guys found this useful. Hopefully it wasn't too abstract. Um, you know, and give it a shot next time that you're faced with a crossroads, try and move from a place of identity. Be like, no, I'm the kind of person who does this. And as you continue to do that, eventually your emotional mind's going to be like, Hey, are you seriously this kind of person? 
do it through serious pain, do it through serious resistance. And if you do that, well, then it's going to listen and it's going to change. And it's going to be like, okay, guess we are that person. <laughs> but recognize that the resistance you feel, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. That's your, your emotional mind beginning to say, hey, all right, we're going to take this change as deep as you want to go. Are you ready to do it? <laughs> Stay sharp. I'll see you guys in the next one. Hey, if you found this episode useful and you want to hear more, make sure you like, subscribe, and if you're tuning in on YouTube, make sure you hit that bell button to turn on notifications. But if you really like this content and you would like to join the tribe of Universal Men, then you need to head on over to the Universal Man Patreon page by clicking the link in the description. We call ourselves the Vanguard because we are committed to living on the front lines of life. By joining, you'll gain access to exclusive content, weekly accountability, community chat rooms, and live calls. Also, by joining the Vanguard, you become a part of my inner circle. Therefore, you get my prioritized attention. Most importantly, though, you'll be joining a crew of like-minded guys that can help support and inspire you on your journey of masculine self-mastery. So click the link below and sign up today.